Uh, I haven't done an intro for today, um, but what I will say is, happy 30th birthday, Column. Welcome to And The Kick Is Good. Tucker, it would be the longest in NFL history if it's good. A 66-yard try. Tucker's kick is on the way. It is good! It's crossbar, and it tumbles through, and it's good! Time has expired! Justin yes, Tucker hello and welcome to episode 75 of the Amber Kick is Good podcast. A nice sort of round number, milestone number for the podcast to recap. Uh, what was the Super Bowl? Uh, my name's Tom, and I'm joined as usual by Colm and Brad. Say hello, guys. Correct. Hello. Um, that might be the only thing I get right to this episode, so I'll take that for for what I can get. Um, yeah, the, that's it. The season is over. We now have a, a short while to um, create something out of nothing, uh, although I'm sure the uh, the NFL and random sources will give us enough news to chew over until the draft and, and free agency begin. Um, but yeah, that that is it. We um, We got through it. We made it, and it turns out that the Rams are, in fact, apparently the best team in the NFL, much to Colm's chagrin. Um, I saw you not, what, 48 hours ago, Cole, so I'm not even going to bother asking you how you are, but Brad, how have things been? Uh, Good, thank you. I cede my time to Colm. <laughs> I was going to ask Colm, how have you spent um, your, 30, your 30 year old, your 30th birthday, considering you are the only uh, viable bachelor on this uh, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, viable is a weird word for that. So I've tickled myself about that statement. Yeah, yeah. Had the, uh, you know, I booked my week off, so spent the time just, you know, chilling out, basically. Had people come by, you know, say happy birthday, what have you. Been out for a meal, back here now, hanging out with you two clowns. <laughs> uh, what could be better other than not hanging out with our two clowns? Shall we move on to the news? Read all about it. Latest football scores. Morning paper. Morning star. <laughs> well, we can. We can put that in the news if you want. We haven't really got much else to talk about. Well, um, we do have the... The one story that's not Super Bowl related. I guess two, right? Uh, well, no. if you say them, I can react to them. Uh, we have the Adrian Peterson was arrested uh, for domestic violence. Yeah, on what on a flight, wasn't it? Or just as a flight was landing in, in LA. So I assume he was going to some sort of Super Bowl frivolity. And uh, yeah, a man that has uh, previously been in hot water for being violent and kind of over-aggressive with someone. Shock horror, it turns out, could well be violent and over-aggressive with other people. Um, regardless of kind of what happens with this, I expect um, that's probably his NFL career done because uh, talent talks is, is what we generally say and, and he hasn't got much of that left. Um, so without trying to be kind of too light on the subject, I haven't looked into details of it so don't want to kind of cast an opinion either way but you know this this is this is him done now in my in my eyes yeah what happened was they had an argument on the plane he says that he grabbed her hand and took her ring off of her finger this being his wife so you know the crew intervened and then detained as he got off the plane i believe his his full statement was yes i had an argument with my wife but i would never hit a woman so we can move on to something else that we don't know anything about which I assume, Brad, is Kyler Murray. Yes, well, you say we don't know anything about it, but we do know enough about it, really, to form kind of the basis of what's going on. So on the day of the Super Bowl, um, and there have been murmurings all, you know, throughout towards the end of the season that we mentioned, and, you know, the, the Cardinals and the position they're in, and Cliff Kingsbury's position, everything like that. Uh, it it kind of all came out on the morning of the Super Bowl. The, the Cardinals weren't happy with Kyler Murray. And I'm not happy with how he's conducting themselves in the locker, conducting himself in the locker room, and how he's performed as an on the field on the field team leader. There was one report that came out that he supposedly removed himself 
uh, with a minute left to go in the playoff game that they lost in the um, in the wild card round. So there was, and generally the, the overwhelming thing was the Cardinals are not mad, they're just disappointed. And it feels like they put this out there so that the world knows it. And they want to. They want Kyler to mature, and it should be you no. Know, Kyler's only twenty four, and yeah, he's had a lot to. You know, he's had a lot to deal with in the league and the adjustments, and there has been some on the field performance decline. But yeah, the, the overwhelming thing was just. I feel like they released it so on the day of the Super Bowl, so that they got it out there. People know their position, and they know. You know, <laughs> they make sure Kyler's aware of their position, but ultimately in a few hours everyone's going to forget about this and move on sort of situation it's just like it's almost like a stern telling off but done via the press yeah Carter put out his own statement yesterday I don't know if you've seen that yet Um, he said I play this game for the love of it my teammates everyone who has helped me get to this position and that believe in me and to win championships all of this nonsense is not what I'm about never have been never will be Anyone who has ever stepped between those lines with me know how hard I go. Love me or hate me, but I'm going to continue to grow and get better. Um, so, you know, this whole, uh, this isn't who I'm about, you know, I don't like this distraction. It wouldn't have been a distraction had he not at first deleted all the Cardinal stuff off of his social media. <laughs> um, but okay, he's acknowledged he's trying to grow and whatever. I'm... It doesn't seem... I'm pretty team <laughs> Kyler on this. I think this is fucking ridiculous. Um, if if you want a guy to mature or whatever, then you say it behind closed doors. This, to me, more than anything, is, from, from both sides, is leveraging about the upcoming extension. And that's all this <laughs> is. Like, it, it so is, right? Because Kyler's saying, well, well you know, let's, let's scrub all of this and let's do this and let's see... How many teams the press link me with, you know, and you'll you won't be able to turn on NFL Network without seeing my face linked to fifteen, you know, needy teams, and then you won't have a quarterback anymore, and you kind of lucked into me with how bad Josh Rosen was. So, you know, are you sure you're going to be able to do that again? Um, and then the team have put this out to kind of go, remember, we ultimately control where and when and how, and and. Ultimately, we kind of control public perception about you. You know, we we can leak to more people than you can, um, and uh, like ultimately, it's something that they can eventually take to some kind of bargaining table when the contract negotiations do begin. That's like I, I don't want to sound like a broken record and go it's about money, but but at the end of the day, <laughs> that's largely what these players play for. Despite Kyler saying he plays for the love of the game, mm-hmm. yeah. So you, you you're going to refuse that thirty five million dollars a year in favour of one point six million dollars a year, are you, mate? Okay, and Tommy, you're going to go on about average contract value. Right? <laughs> <laughs> for, for me, this is like on a scale of like one, everything's fine, and ten being they he'll never set foot in that building again. This is like a free, you know, it's like. Clearly, there's a poor relationship there, or not as healthy as it can be. And bad relationships can become terrible pretty quick, but it's not there yet. It's, you know, he's not taking well to his end of season, like, you know, uh, review thing that they've done, or something in the game that, you know, that final game he, he wasn't too happy about. They're both going to work at a relationship and realize that there's, there's hundreds of millions of dollars at stake, you know, in terms of like, franchise value and his contract they'll put their differences aside and it won't be an issue come week one it's one of those things that goes away when your team wins and it, it yep again that's that's the other thing we say plenty is that you know when when you are losing all of the noise always comes out because there's what nfl network would rather do pieces on teams that are two and 15 or have you know, two wins in nine games than they would cover a team that's five and four because there's not really any juice there unless it's like one of the teams that was supposed to be really good and, and whatever. So all of the noise is always going to come out. Okay, they had a good season. Obviously, they got to the playoffs. But again, and this is something we will be doing in future weeks, when you look over kind of their season as a whole or whatever, again, it seems to have kind of fallen into a pattern of starting really strong, falling off, um, and then whether he took himself out in that playoff game or whatever, like <laughs> who knows? Who cares? Uh, with like, a minute left, you know, down twenty points or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame him for like. I don't know why you're putting him in in that situation, but fine. <laughs> Colin's point of view to me is just like, 
look, he's looking around the NFC West teams. He's just like, right, Arizona, shut up. We're all laughing at the Seahawks right now because they have no idea what to do about their QB position. Like, just you know, just <laughs> calm down. You're not allowed to have a QB controversy because there's already two of those in the division. Like, yeah, we're gonna move yeah, on. Yeah, like just quickly, the NFC West's in a really weird stage, right? Because the Niners are about to move to a QB that honestly we have no idea about. The Rams are probably this iteration of the Rams for another year, and then they're probably gonna have to do some sort of recycle project. The Seahawks well, depends what you <laughs> depends what you read. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, we can cover that post. Yeah, post Super yeah, Bowl. The, yeah. The, C- the Seahawks are. As a, as a roster, a mess right now, um, and could get worse. And then you the Cardinals, who for for ten weeks this year looked like one of the top three teams in the NFL. So it's just a very strange division to kind of look at and go, the quality should be there, but if all teams ended under five hundred next year, like I think that might be a little bit surprising, but it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world. <laughs> They were a 12, 11, and 10 win team, you know, consecutive in that, in that division. Yet it feels like all of them could just flip yeah. and, like, just decide to blow it all up or it could get blown up for them. Like, it's kind of ridiculous when you look at it like that. Anything else you want to cover before uh, we move on to the big game, TM? Uh, Devin Hester didn't get into the Hall of Fame first ballot, and that's bullshit. And if you're still <laughs> arguing about that, they shouldn't be in Go Fuck Yourself because you should. So, yeah, Devin Hester should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, there was also the awards, wasn't there? Oh yeah, fair point. Talk about. Uh, well, I mean, if we run through them, Aaron Rodgers won MVP. Um, Cooper Cup got offensive player Cooper of the year. Cup. Yeah, yeah. TJ Watt got, got defensive MVP. <laughs> T- uh, TJ Watt got defensive player of the year. Michael Parsons got defensive rookie of the year, and Jamar Chase got offensive rookie of the year. Joe Burrow got comeback player of the year. Fairly. Who won coach? I missed coach. Uh, Vrabel. I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, Whitworth won Walter hmm. Payton Man of the Year and had his the most prestigious um, award. <laughs> he had his he had his uh, what do you call it emblem patch delivered yeah. to him. They flew it to him immediately to get him so he could wear it during the Super Bowl because he most likely won't be back next year. Yes, yeah, indeed. Um, okay, we, that might be the most succinct we have ever done anything. To be honest. Um, now, now shall we move on to the big game, TM? Yes. Okay. We shall. Well, as a lot of people had it, uh, the Rams won 23-20, to 20, but I don't think a lot of people had it in this way. Um, it was close. It was a good, not great Super Bowl, is how I would frame it. Um, but pretty much everyone's narratives kind of came true if you've watched anything of these teams this year. Um, the Bengals offensive line struggled. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals managed to overcome that for long portions of the game. The Rams offense went into the tank for long portions of the game. But eventually, <laughs> the better quarterback on the day won. And the like the best star player on offense did the best star player on offense things, which is Cooper Cup. And then the best star player on defense, Aaron Donald, did the best star player on defense things. Um there are a, there is a lot to pick through in this game. Um, is there any kind of overarching things you guys want to bring up before we go in and look at these kind of uh, moments and and kind of big trigger, <laughs> big social media triggering events? Um, a bit a bit closer. Jamar Chase versus the Jamar Chase pick versus the O line pick. <laughs> people coming back out the woodwork can once again. Similar to my point about Devin Hester, fuck right off. Okay, they, they pick Chase. They don't make the Super Bowl without the Chase pick. They don't win some of the games without Chase. You know, and maybe, maybe you can say, oh, that they, they might have won. You know, they might, they may win this game if they had a better O line. But one person doesn't fix this O line. This O line is two, three pieces missing, and the Jamar Chase pick is what got them to the big game. So, like, that's just first of all one thing. And then the second of all, uh, why are people angry that they use their third down back to make the fourth down conversion? Like, they've done it all year, it's worked for them, so they went with what they knew in-house. If Joe Mixon was supposed to be that guy, then he would have been that guy at every other point. But again, people who arguably haven't watched the Bengals just go, well, they should have their best player out there at that point. They clearly don't trust him to make that play and haven't done all year, so why would you suddenly start now? 
Like it's completely opposite. Just two 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 Bengals based arguments that can go, that can just go <laughs> in the bin. Just as an overarching point about the game, I'd say this was very much about the trenches. The Bengals took the lead and did so largely because they were able to shut down the run game of the Rams, really stifled them. Uh, you know, Henderson, Akers, and Michelle really had very quiet days because they were so effective playing the run. 1.9 yards on the ground is what they averaged, the Rams. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they managed to find, despite the fact that they had what felt like five or six drives, which, yeah, empty possessions, the Rams were never put out of the game. They were always close. And it's been a trademark of them this season where you haven't shut the door on them. And they will find a way back into that game if you if there's still seven eight minutes left on the clock. Did so here, and the defensive line of the Rams were the ones that then took over the game and really started to bully that offensive line. Aaron Donald uh, being you know the best example of that. So I'm saying that this was very much. I know we talked about QBs and the wide receivers. It was very much uh, you know the, the trenches where this game was decided for me. Yeah, so I guess we'll kind of start. Not necessarily a play-by-play, um, but we can say that the Rams got the ball first and ended up punting after five plays. Um, largely, that first drive was just failed runs, as you brought up. Um, and then the Bengals get the ball back, um, get a... Well, in fact, they don't even get a, a first down, um, but they go four and out, failing to uh, convert on a fourth and one, um, which is obviously how the game ended as well. So kind of a nice bit of symmetry from that standpoint. Um, the next drive is the LA Rams touchdown drive. Um, again, starts off with uh, a, a minus one yard rush by Cam Akers, um, but the the kind of the big play is the conversion to Cooper Cup for twenty yards, um, and that I mean I guess we can just take this opportunity now as the first time we're kind of looking at it. Cooper Cup owned this game, but Cooper Cup owned this game after Odell Beckham Jr. left it. Um, that injury happened uh, in the first half, wasn't it? Where he um, he dropped the yeah. ball over the middle and kind of as he landed, there just looked to be some sort of extension in the leg. It, it locked up in the turf um, and it's been revealed now that he's torn his ACL. Um, obviously that has... Re- it's the same ACL in the exact same fashion he did it against the Bengals two, uh, two years ago. When he was when he was playing for the Browns, is literally like for like the exact same placement that he does on his knee as yeah. well. Yeah, it's um, insane. This has repercussions for his off season in terms of obviously he's going to have to rehab that, and he is a free agent. Um, I mean, dare I say it really works out well for the Rams, who can say to him, "Look, we gave you an opportunity. We claimed you. Obviously, you came here to win a ring." We don't necessarily need you immediately because we have Cup and Woods, and they brought in. Oh, who was the? Obviously, they got Van Jefferson, and they spent the what first round draft pick? Like, surely it wasn't the first. They kind of had a first, no. second round draft pick probably on Tutu Atwell. Um, so they have depth at wide receiver. They could easily. Oh, Tutu is like a six, was he? wasn't he? Right, yeah. yeah, it was the second and the third that they spent on a game changing one. Well, that was that was this year's though. That was. Anyway, my point being... Was he really? I thought he went later. My point, my point being was that they have the depth to say, look, don't rush yourself back. If you get back by like October, November, then, then that works for us. They're one of the few teams that can probably do that. And, and there is obviously a chemistry there. And Obadell, having just come from a Cleveland situation that was tragic for him, probably is in one of the best positions to kind of value that. As well as the money, but <laughs> the understanding that he obviously fits into this game plan and, and this system. Mm. Um, he had he had previously said, I believe, he'd take less money to stay sure. with the Rams. He was on a pretty cheap deal this year anyway. So I could absolutely see some sort of deal being like, we'll keep you, we'll keep you on the books for the year. But we'll actually, you know, make you a contract for year two, basically. Yeah, obviously, it's one of those um, difficult ones where if he's going to be on IR eligible to return, he has to make the initial fifty-three. So I wonder um, if he might get some, you know, bank transfers from from Stan Kroenke that are not anything to do with football until October when he signed as a free agent. 
or something like that. That wouldn't, you know, we'll never be able to prove it. <laughs> I think, but I mean, well, it's, so, so, if you can get Stan Kroenke paying out money for anything, yeah. Tom, I think you know that's the most unbelievable part of what yeah, you've just said. Cool. Look, from what I understand from many of the Super Bowl ads, crypto is very hard to trace. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so that that first uh, that first scoring drive ends uh, with the touchdown to Odell. Uh, then the teams <laughs> trade three and out. That cool. So as I say, that touchdown that was the uh, slot fade, wasn't it? Yeah, which they've run really effectively this year. The Rams. It's very difficult because it does put the the slot corner on an island by himself. You run some sort of hitch with the outside wide receiver. That so that cornerback first read is to stay shallow gives a lot of space to that corner safety struggles to get across each time and as long as you beat your guy off the line Joe Dell has done so many times this year it's it's a 75 episodes in and Collins suddenly decided to do X's and O's fuck it why not (laughs) you can never (laughs) say we're consistent on this podcast um the Baker Mayfield's probably looking at that play like why doesn't it look like that when I run it (laughs) um the Bengals then go 59 yards and six plays, kick a field goal. A uh, big one there is the deep ball to Jamar Chase for 46 yards. Um, that then sets them up in first and goal, or sorry, first and 10 at the 11. Um, that's the one where it almost looked like he wasn't touched as he went down and then was tackled. Um, they attempt to get it to Higgins. He is incomplete on third down. There is this is kind of the first, I guess, moment of some sort of trepidation or whatever. Is he was probably being held by Ramsey, um, who had a, a a good chunk of his jersey to say the least. Um, it was a good pass breakup by I'm not sure if it was Taylor Rapp or someone else coming across um, to kind of bracket Higgins, but. That was a obviously in, in the context of the game. Looking back with hindsight, that was a huge pass breakup, a huge non-call from the refs, um, and a moment uh, in, in the spotlight for Evan McPherson, Brad, who uh, unfortunately didn't quite get all of the spotlight this game as you had hoped. Yeah, he had. We'll get to it in the end, but uh, they fucked up by not letting him kick the sixty-eight yarder. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rams get the ball back, go six plays for 75 yards, a um, couple of chunk plays in there, Odell Beckham again for 35 yards, um, and this was the one to um, Henderson, where he, I think he runs the wheel route out from the backfield, and Stafford slots it down that left-hand sideline, and it just, it was like, oh, okay, Darrell Henderson is like fucking James White, apparently, <laughs> who'd have guessed? <laughs> we haven't seen it all season, but now they're just going to run it out there in the, in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah and they score the touchdown um, Cooper Cup from Stafford uh, on it was like a corner route I think and then uh, they screw up the extra point um, the the holder Johnny Hecker um, and then he he attempts the pass the pass is picked off and just for a second we thought we were going to see a kick <laughs> a kickoff like interception return for a touchdown in the Super Bowl no, it's it's not for a touchdown. Well, it's for a, for a point. yes, for, but but for a two, PAT for two, I think. Return. But yes. Oh it, yeah, 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 madness. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. it's I, you. You believe it for a moment, and then you realize the guy was probably like two eighty. Well, he threw it. He, like, he, he, he know, threw it. A lap, he, he threw it to Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates yeah. had it, and it was like this could. And then <laughs> before you could even think this could happen, it didn't happen. Um, Bengals answer with a twelve play, seventy five yard drive for a touchdown. Um, this was like when it became a game, so to speak. Um, this was the drive that made you think, okay, cool. If, if it's not just one big bomb to chase, they can actually kind of create some sustained offense. Um, hit T Higgins a couple of times, a few like 10, 14 yard completions. Um, and, uh, and then uh, obviously as everyone has in the playbook, a halfback pass for the touchdown. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> uh, again, Colm, you, you brought up a couple of weeks ago at the Super Bowlers when you dust off that, that last page in the playbook. Um, and, uh, I mean, Joe Mixon threw, like, the third best pass of this Super Bowl, I think, um, on the run, uh, <laughs> rolling out to the right. Uh, nice nice play design. Um, it's not complicated, <laughs> as, as straightforward as a halfback pass can be. Um, but yeah, at this point it was thirteen uh, ten, and it was like, okay, cool, we're ramping up for something special, which didn't necessarily happen. Yeah. 
No, you and I were watching with a sort of rather inexperienced NFL watcher who was who couldn't quite understand the concept of why you would give the ball to someone who is not a quarterback yes, throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I thought Tristan would have that by now. <laughs> but you do see very effectively why you do so. Like, you know, the, the linebackers did just get absolutely sucked up. And the, the DB who was meant to be covering Higgins, uh, you know, he realizes it two beats too late, doesn't he? He's just absolutely turned around on that. Uh, the next drive is when Odell Beckham actually gets hurt. Um, that's right in the middle of the drive. After that, um, they, they convert for 16 yards to, I think it's Bryce Hopkins, the third choice tight end. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it just kind of all goes wrong. Uh, a false start and then an incomplete <laughs> pass. And then at second and 15, Cam Akers runs for one yard. Uh, then third and 14 at the Cincinnati 43, so they probably weren't trying a 60-yard field goal. Um, Stafford rolls out to his left, is pressured, points downfield, and then throws a pick to Jesse Bates in the end zone. Um, that's when uh, it's not Trey Waynes. Um, it's not Vernon Hargreaves. Was it Vernon Hargreaves? The, the, the corner who was inactive. Yeah, comes Vernon Hargreaves. Comes into the field in the end zone and gets a 15-yard pen- a 10-yard penalty on him, sorry, uh, for unsportsmanlike conduct, which, you know, of all the times to kind of <laughs> throw that in there, really good and solid. Many people pointing out he was wearing socks and sandals, which was, in fact, the biggest <laughs> violation he had uh, committed that day. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to blame. It's, it's hard to blame Stafford too much for that throw. That was only like the third flag of the whole game at that point, right? And it was the last yeah. one we'd see for a uh, while. It was the first Bengals flag, I yeah, believe. I think that's correct. And I think it was only the second flag in total spins. But yes, regardless. <laughs> I, I understand why you brought that up because that's setting something up later. Uh, Bengals punt, Rams punt, and then that's the end of the half. Um, so it's 13 10 at the half. And at this point, everyone was just watching the halftime show. Um, Including, including everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but but I think again we were still waiting for this to come out of like third gear, weren't we? We we knew that the Odell Beckham Jr. injury was going to have like an issue, but we were waiting for like the big kind of X factor play, be it a strip sack, be it a pick six, or a screen that goes for like eighty yards. That there, there had to be something, and it it always. It didn't even feel like it was kind of on the precipice of happening. We It felt like we were still waiting for the build-up of it. Um, or at least that's how it felt to me. And I, I think, Colm, obviously, being, yeah. being with you, that that felt quite similar for you. How about you, Brad, at half-time, if you could, you know, put down uh, your Snoop Dogg glasses uh, for, a, for a minute. I mean, I was very much enjoying the, the half-time show. Yeah it, 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 yeah, it felt like it needed something that was going to make it blow up. Or, or it felt like it was just going to be a close, tight game from here. Like I was, I was already thinking that the Bengals could, with how they, with how bad the Rams look after the Odell Beckham injury. Like even in that short, you know, half of a quarter that we got, I was like, the Bengals could win this just by dink and dunk and take it up the field and and kick field goals. Like that's, you could probably win the game this way. I think we were overdue that that big play. And then uh, yeah. it came in controversial fashion. First, 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 uh, first play from scrimmage. I got that in the end. Um, a lovely deep pass down the left sideline to T. Higgins, uh, seventy-five yard touchdown. And there was there was no consternation about this play. There was no issues. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, in the immediate view, we were all like, "Oh wow, Jalen Ramsey's got absolutely beat there on the worst platform he could possibly get beat on." The Ramsey haters are out in force, and then the highlights <laughs> came in. Oh wait! And then you see, then you see what is. It could have been two penalties: OPI. It could have been face mask. You know, personal penalty. Um, it could have been so many yeah. things, uh, and and it was not called. And that's when, you know, the as soon as the replay hit, you could tell the mood shifted from uh, people. Like, oh my god, the Bengals are winning to. Oh, that's actually kind of yeah. They need to do something. And the about thing this because well, what I think the point I was going to make is I think the point you were going to make is that nobody wants a game that is decided by the refs. Nobody like yeah. you just you just want. It's not even necessarily about the best team winning. You just want a good game that that 
that doesn't have everyone for the next two hours talking about, yeah, but this. Because you know you'll go on Twitter and you'll see, yeah, but this call. And then you'll see somebody else from the other team reply with, yeah, but what about this call? And, oh, if you're bringing up that, why didn't you talk about this missed call? And it's just the most turgid, boring experience. The thing is, it's really easy to avoid that (laughs) by just being consistent. And again, setting up later, be consistently good or be consistently shit. Pick a lane. Because what you get into later on is what people start getting into, into ref ball. And more than a few conspiracy theories start to emerge about, you know, fixed games and makeup calls and stuff like that. If you just play, if you just ref the game consistently, which in, at this point, most people were kind of like, up until this point, everyone's like, we've seen a half of football where the refs really didn't have to get involved. And it's kind of good. They're letting them play. And then, so, okay, this is what happens when you let them play. Well, this, and, and my whole point, <laughs> my, my whole thing that has been for years now, let them play, quote unquote, is not a thing. And it should never be a thing. Doesn't matter if it's the Super Bowl, playoffs, preseason. Like, if you're going to call, if these are the rules, then you call the game to the rules because this is what happens. Um, and, and things either get missed or you start you start having refs go, well, yeah, but is that more of a hold than the one that I kind of didn't call early? Like, it's just, it doesn't work. You call a game to the, to the letter of the, of the rules, to the letter of the law, because those are the fucking rules. Now, if you miss stuff, and and this is going to be spoiler, a point that I make later, if you miss stuff or you get stuff wrong, that that's kind of fine, right? But the problem is when you let stuff go, because then then it all piles up. Then you do get that backlog on Twitter or of people with fucking photo galleries of fucking missed calls and this was a hold or that was a hold <laughs> or one second like gifts of something that you really can't even get context yeah. from. It's ridiculous. An offensive lineman it has his head back slightly <laughs> to people convinced that he's had is a anyway, face mask. To get back to the game. Um, Rams have the ball immediately get picked off. Matt Stafford going in the middle of the field to Ben Skronek? Ben yeah. Uh, (laughs) whatever what was the second choice tight end who became the first choice tight end because uh, uh, no he's not a tight end is he he's a wide receiver receiver. is he he thick slot I thought I thought he was a tight end yeah he's a dummy he is as I've dubbed dummy slot (laughs) thick slot he is he is uh, not Odell Beckham Jr which is I think is the main takeaway he could Um, take yes he was a seventh rounder last year yeah so um, bounced off his hands. It was a difficult. Well, it was a tough catch. It was. It's one that you would expect to be making, but it wasn't a great throw, is what I'll say. Um, good pick off by Chidobi Awuzie, um who just advances it a yard. The Bengals can't really capitalize on it. Go only eleven yards in eight plays. Kick the field goal, um, and then right down the middle, <laughs> which puts the Bengals up it up should- by seven. It should be noted. This is the. This is the. That is the set of plays where the sacking begins, <laughs> because Burrow sacks twice during that small drive, which kills any hope that they have. Uh, Rams go ten plays, fifty-two yards, only kick a field goal. I'm just gonna. Re- I'm just gonna count how many rushes they attempt there. Um, one, two, three, <laughs> and then okay. So only three rushes on the ten play drive, um, but none of them. But were they all on first down? Uh, one, two. Uh, no. Yeah, one's, one's on, on second, second down, down. <laughs> but second and three. Yeah. yeah. Um, that goes for minus two yards, by the way. There was a certain point where I felt like every time, like you go first down, okay, so this is gonna be a run play. It was a run play for nothing. Second down, probably a run play, not much. <laughs> and then third down, they pass and actually do something with yeah. the ball. And then, and this is like my proudest moment in in our previews for the Super Bowl. I said that. Never has like a matchup been possible where you'll get like six scoring drives and then six punts in a row. Um, and these two teams managed to punt to each other seven times in a row over the course of the next quarter and a bit. <laughs> um, there were four three and outs in a row, <laughs> then a five and out, a three and out, and then the Bengals went seven plays. Uh, so we went only 24 yards in seven plays and then punted. Um, is there much to talk about in any of those other than probably sacks, etc.? I don't think there's... The sacks start... Yeah, once they start coming, they don't stop coming. And it just derails the 
the the Bengals. And also, during these plays, I believe both Stafford and Burrow get hurt. Um, including the, the penultimate one. So it reaches a point where Burrow's uh, knee gets rolled over and you can see him very visibly scream in pain. He is now injured but doesn't require surgery. Uh, that came out earlier on today. And Stafford was also hurt, but it's Matt Stafford. <laughs> what still wet. I've watched too much Det- Yeah, I, I've watched too much Detroit football. Um, someone asked me recently, they said, do you think Matt Stafford could be like the next Tom Brady? And I was like, there is too much mileage on that body. They are very inexperienced. They were just like, oh, could Matt Stafford, you know, they're just like, oh, he, he's young, is he? I'm like, no, he's like 34, but he like moves like a 45-year-old <laughs> Peyton Manning does at this point. Like, he is... He is beat up, but you had no illusions that he wasn't staying out there on the field at this point. So with six minutes and 13 seconds left, the Rams get the ball on their own 21. Um, and it was kind of like they, they'd been just going easy on their little brother. And they went, nah, time to fucking play now. Um, <laughs> not that they had it all their own way. Um, they did have to convert a couple of third downs and, and a couple of plays here and there. But they did drive the field. They scored the touchdown. Um, a lot of kind of small yardage, just keep ahead of the chains type things. Um, not many bad runs. That that overshadows. Really <laughs> <well>. <laughs> One thing I also forgot to mention: uh, Chidobe Wizie got injured during that streak of sure. punts, which inevitably sets up uh, what is a coverage mismatch of uh, Eli Apple versus anyone uh, <laughs> but especially the number one wide receiver in the league Cooper we'll Cup. talk about we'll talk about his last four plays uh, <laughs> shortly so, I think but they get the touchdown in let's I was going to say dubious yeah, towards, towards the like, end so it's first and goal at the at the eight yard line um, Matt Stafford goes incomplete to Van Jefferson incomplete to uh, Darrell Henderson so it's third and eight um he goes incomplete to Cup, who has essentially ran like a slant. Uh, no, he's run like an at, uh, well, fuck's sake. He's run an in, hasn't he? He's come across the QB's face from the left-hand side. Um, and at the top of his route, uh, Logan Wilson, Logan who Wilson. played probably one of the best inside backer games in terms of pass coverage and coming downhill that I saw all season, um, got called for... A poor holding decision, so we call. Um, now, this is this is the one, right, where the refs clearly think they have seen something that hasn't really happened. What happens all too often is that the the, the defensive back or the defensive player will kind of use one hand to turn the 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 receiver's hip away from the ball. And by using that, they kind of gain the momentum to swing themselves around and bat the pass down. That happens probably once a game if they're calling it, if not two, three, four times a game. That's what they think they've seen because most of those things do happen. He has contact with the hip um, and, and the body area of cup, but only because it's football and contact happens. He just plays it exactly as he should. The ball from Stafford is a little bit kind of behind Cup, which is why Wilson gets the opportunity to make the the play at all. Um, But he does make the play, legally. Unfortunately, as was said, the refs think they've seen something else, throw the flag, um, and and that kind of begins the bullshittery, unfortunately. Yeah, this is one, uh, I hesitated to say it earlier, this is one where, having watched a little bit of college tape already, sometimes you see the refs look up see the big screen and realize where they've made the right decision or made a mistake. And this is one, I think the refs, if they just looked at it for a second and were able to do it, they would go, yeah, we're walking that one back. Because they've just gone, that's the best wide receiver in the league versus a linebacker. And the wide receiver hasn't called it. That's a penalty. And it's like, no, like Wilson plays pretty much pitch perfect coverage (laughs) on how he does it. It It was ridiculous. And then... Then the next play, uh, Eli Apple is called for defensive pass interference, which is that. But, you know, you've taken what is a third and goal, them needing uh, a touchdown into, you know, they suddenly got a, you know, they, they would, you know, it was all or nothing for them on the next play. 
uh, had they not got that decision, and then they get the decision, and then they get another decision uh, with the two. They get another touchdown on the next play, right? And it's nullified by offsetting penalties, and it's just like it became just a free for all. There were barely any penalties all game, and then there were three called on back. And I think that's why there's so much outrage about it is because that there are three penalties that are all kind of pro Rams in that short space of time. The the last two were correct calls. It's just that yeah. the first one happened to be and and again, I understand why they threw the flag. It's the wrong call, but at least I can understand what I th- what they think that they saw in that moment. Um yeah, watching it live I thought it was a correct yeah. call. Yeah, and 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 so I think there is be, there is too much being made about it. It's just annoying that it happened. And, and the other thing is, we don't know what would have happened on the fourth down play. You know, there's absolutely no yeah. way to say that Stafford wouldn't have, have made a completion or that even the Bengals wouldn't have had a penalty on that play. Like, there's just no way to know. Um, also, again, a little kind of part of it is that even if they did fail the fourth down conversion, they still had three timeouts. So they could have stopped the clock. They could have got the ball back with, you know, however much time left. Um, it would have been about a minute and twenty-ish. So they, you know, they still would have had chances. It wasn't like the game would have definitely ended on that play had they not thrown the flag. It's just a bit of. A, it's one of those ones where it's a bit of a sour taste. Um, for for a game that was just it needed that little bit extra kind of as I alluded to when we started breaking down the game it it just needed that little bit of something and that little bit of juice and I think that's why people have clung to this more than anything else because they want something to kind of get passionate about um, in terms of the overall game anyway the Bengals then get the ball um, and it's like cool like it's, it's time to go right the Bengals I think they had two timeouts at this point um yeah, uh, it's one twenty-five left. It's just the simple matter of seventy-five yards. You know, you got you got what was it, Joe Ice or Joe Burr or whatever, <laughs> like fucking stupid, <laughs> shitty nicknames. Um, and and yeah, started off well. Um, complete to Javar Chase. He kind of got the angle, went for seventeen yards. Next one went. To- can I oh. just can I pause just for a second there? Tom was complaining about QB nicknames. Who is? For the last 17 years, talked about how large his QB is as a nickname. Just because none of your quarterbacks in the last 20 years have had a nickname, all right? Hey, I, I've consistently pitched San Francisco Bay, and they've not accepted that for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I don't know why. I mean, didn't we find out the other day that Jimmy Garoppolo's name's Prince Aladdin? <laughs> Nickname's Prince yes. Aladdin? Apparently. And apparently. Then, not from us, we should it, specify. It, I, was, what I would say, is, is Tom, is it's not that they've uh, not had nicknames. It's just that they're really <laughs> shit nicknames. <laughs> and, re- and really the shit quarterbacks. The Trey can do one. I said the Trey can do one before the start of the season, and I, I stand by that statement. <laughs> it is terrible. So, yes, the Bengals actually got the start. They ended up at the 49 on second and one. Um, then the Bengals uh, or Burrow dropped back, tried to hit Chase on the right-hand side, missed that one. Uh, third and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, uh, <laughs> as, as you've brought up, Brad, um, another part of kind of Twitter outrage, Samaj P. Ryan <laughs> um, of, of ex-Washington fame. Um, unfortunately <laughs> can't convert a third and one uh, Aaron Donald as he'd been doing the entire second half but a clown suit on a guy um, tackled him for no gain so then you time out from Cincinnati with 43 seconds left so even if you convert suddenly you're not in such a good position because you've only got one time out left and 43 let's call it 40 seconds after if you convert on the um, on the fourth down attempt it's fourth and one um and as I'm sure you've seen by now, everyone on the sideline is there, like Aaron Donald time, Aaron Donald time, etc., etc. And uh, yes, yes, it was. Um, Aaron Donald <laughs> kills the left guard, comes immediately at Burrow. Burrow feels it, senses it, um, probably heard the left guard yelp like a child as he fell down. Um, bails out to the right, is basically in the midst of being sacked. Tries to flip it to um, to Manjie P Ryan again. Um, he just doesn't have the juice on it to get to him. It bounces short. End of game. Um, and it is, in the end, the Bengals' offensive line that kills them. 
but also it was sort of the fact that they were playing Matt Stafford and the Rams that kept them in it and and as a storyline goes I think that's kind of fitting for a Super Bowl that that had the Bengals who kind of nobody really cared about until the divisional round and the Rams <laughs> well come on I was one of the biggest cares about this team <laughs> yeah you yeah. love them you yeah. love them and I but, love them but so there's at least two people the, who the care. general footballing public um and and the Rams who yeah. I, I think if you had a strong opinion about the Rams you didn't like them <laughs> that was the best way I can put it. Um, I think if if you you know I, I can't imagine there are many NFL fans that looked at the Rams and were like, yeah, they're a really good team to get behind with all these star-studded names. That's just not how it works. <laughs> I mean, now, you, hang on, sorry, you do say that. Noted NFL fan Rob Lowe, who famously wore that NFL hat to a championship <laughs> game, was seen wearing a, a Rams hat, good I believe. Um, so um, clearly, if you are an NFL fan. Namely, Rob Lowe, you were a Rams fan. <laughs> as a as a general neutral as well, I I liked both these teams because <laughs> Tom, need I reiterate? Uh, Stiffy's for Stafford, <laughs> which we correctly predicted. Yeah. Uh, so so trip. just before you finish uh, point, Odell if, and Andrew. If Whitworth, you have who could not uh, a team and you want us to make up some sort of alliterative uh, sexual reference for your quarterback that you would like to win the Super Bowl next year. Um, we charge a, a, a paltry sum of nineteen ninety nine plus VAT uh, that will be spread around the uh, and the kick is good end of season drinks. Um, so yeah, reach out to us and we'll get the Browns to a Super Bowl with bonus for Baker or something. You know, it's just it's as easy as that. All right, but it needs the and the kick is good push to get there. Is uh, is what I'll say. Yeah, this this drive couldn't have, and the end of this game couldn't have been more encapsulated than Matt Stafford's career if he tried. You know, rolls out onto the field, partially hurt, and has to go and win a game, and just you know outright goes out and and does it and wins the game. Yes, Cooper Cup stepped up when he needed to be in because of this drive, and the injury to Odell. You know, and. The bang, you, know, you don't give an MVP to the losing team. Uh, Cup kind of became the the MVP by you know just by proxy by showing you know just by balling out in that last drive. And yeah, this was the most Matt Stafford drive of Matt Stafford's career. And I think everything leading up to that just told you he's going to go out there and do this. You know, he's just going to go out there and win. Including this game. the attempt, you don't know why. Including the attempt to QB sneak at the goal line. Which, like, okay, yeah. Brady has made the sneak famous, or is there is the most famous good sneaker, but I, I don't think there is a quarterback I would bet on more sneaking on, like, first and goal from the one. It's just, <laughs> it's just guaranteed Matt Stafford will try it. Matt Stafford is sneaky good Wee. on the sneaks, is what you're saying. But yeah, this is, this is very much all about, yeah, the, the Rams winning it in this way. Um, I guess we move on to the post-game stuff as kind of as a result of that because that's where a lot of the conversation went immediately um, with both Aaron Donald and Sean McVay have both had stuff coming out about them potentially walking away from the game and being happy with the, what it is and you know, McVay's saying I'm getting married and starting a family and all this sorts of stuff um, you know, there's a lot of noise there Stafford I think has been fairly there hasn't been any noise about him retiring, but it was very much a case of, you know, like he could retire now. And that kicked off a, a lengthy debate about the Hall of Fame, which we'll get to shortly because Colm's favourite cornerback had something to say <laughs> about that. Um, and I, I think I think the main thing, that the, the takeaway from it for me, is what's something that you spoke about before the game, Tom, which is how difficult it is to get back to this game. And people were talking about... Joe Burrow saying, "Oh, you know what? Burrow and these Bengals—they got a chance to get. You know, they're going to get back here. And realistically, to get back there, you're going to have to beat the Chiefs and the Bills. And the Titans are going to be no pushover for a while. The Patriots are now like—they seem to have found an accurate quarterback, and Bill Belichick's going to live until he's 107. So." Yeah, like the AFC, the, the average span is something like 9.4 years between Super Bowl appearances. And the AFC is, is just full of stud teams and another that's team a, will That's rise. amazing, Brad. Where'd you get that stat you, from? 
uh, oh, I saw it on Twitter before, and then you asked me about it, and I can't remember where, but it was just there. Um, Fuck, yeah, stealing like, my stats. The Bengals are a, <laughs> the Bengals are a ten. They were a ten-win team that made it to the Super Bowl, right? And like, they were what the sixth seed. Like, ten wins might not be enough to get you back to the playoffs next year, with how you know stacked that division, uh, that that um, conference is. So. It'll just be interesting to see what they can do. The Rams, I think they probably need to keep everything together. As I mentioned, the Cardinals and the 49ers were one and two games behind them, respectively. You know, that's a uh, what's it? What's the way you describe it, Tom? It's that the kick of a it's that the kick of the ball. You know, kick of a field goal, oh, sure, you know, yeah. one way or the other, and suddenly uh, you, you you're out of this. So you know, both these teams could f- foreseeably, you know, like not make the playoffs next year at all. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Colum, I've set you up for it. Do you want to talk about Matt Stafford, Richard Sherman, and the actually very good and coherent points and fair points that he made, which people got in a tizzy about because of, you know, instant reaction? (laughs) Sure. So after one of the post-game narratives was, does winning that Super Bowl mean that Matt Stafford is now uh, destined for the Hall of Fame? after everything that's gone on in his career. Sherman pointed out that, you know, he has never been an all-pro, and he has never um, been part of an all-decade team. Those are two of the criteria he thinks you need to be part of the Hall of Fame, because the Pro Bowls voted on by fans. You know, he uh, Stafford has led the, led the league in passing once when he had Megatron go for bonkers yards. So, to him... Winning that one Super Bowl was not enough. And I think that's a pretty valid point. Matt Stafford still has a losing uh, you know, career record. Something that else that people aren't talking about. Entirely fair point about the Pro Bowl. I think we've said it a few times that, particularly with alternates, it's not as much of a, a badge of honour to be a Pro Bowler anymore. Although there are some contract contenders around it. But yeah, I think the, the All-Pro, All-Decade stuff are kind of where the criteria probably should be. But as I think we've said in the past as well, I think they probably need to tighten up the criteria for how you make the Hall of Fame. Because it's a perfectly valid argument to say that he should be in there based on you know how important that QB position is and how productive he has been in his career, despite the fact that he has a losing career record. Yeah, my, my point um, on it, and, and again... It's difficult to disagree with what Sherman said, but I said that the same people that are wanting to put Stafford in the Hall of Fame on Sunday night slash Monday morning are the same people that are going to be complaining when Eli and and, uh, Ben Roethlisberger go in first ballot. Like, that's the same kind of reactionary, almost alternate kind of take just to be contrary and and, and get those Twitter interactions. It's it's mind-numbing. There's no way Stafford should be near the Hall of Fame. Of course not. How, how can you possibly say someone that, that has never, ever, ever come close to actually elevating his team to kind of above mediocrity, even in this game? Um, like, he, as I said, the, the Rams and the Bengals combined for seven punts in a row, and I think the Rams were, were four of them. Um, they were three, but <laughs> they could have been three or four. Um, and, and he looked downright spotty for parts of this game. Um, we don't need to go into the into the backside no look dig that everyone has, has seen now. I was going to talk for about twenty minutes on that today, um, but but it's been all over Twitter today. Um, that that was the best throw of the fucking Super Bowl, um, including the Joe Mixon one column. Before you bring that up, um, but yeah, he he in this Super Bowl did exactly what he did for his entire career, which was as and I think you said it, Brad, have moments of excellence that were sandwiched between moments that make you go like Jesus how how is this guy a top 10 quarterback and he is definitely better than Baker Mayfield but is he that much better than Baker Mayfield for you know a season well one one thing I was thinking about and tell me because obviously you got to look at the you know stretches of careers right and the narrative was always Matt Stafford was better than that Lions team that he was dealing with. You know, he always had to drag that Lions That was one team. of the narratives. The other was he could never stay healthy, but go on. 
Sure. So I've been thinking about, for the past, was it now, three years that Aaron Rodgers has been with Green Bay. I'm not a big fan of saying whether people who are currently playing should be in the Hall of Fame, unless it's a dead cert, like a Tom Brady or something. But, you know, for most of Stafford's career in Detroit, he had Megatron to play with, right? And they were never able, they still have a losing record. They, you know, he won, uh, no, he got to one playoff game, I believe, lost that. You would say that, you know, he was, in his time, Megatron was the number one wide receiver, no question. You'd say Devontae Adams is the number one wide receiver, probably at the moment. You might dispute that, but he's up there. Tough to and say that when Cooper Cup just Aaron won the Rogers triple crown in the Super Bowl MVP, but, but go off. We'll say, we'll say one or two, right? But, uh, you know, Rogers, I'm going to say, is a very likely Hall of Famer and has proven why that's the case in the past three seasons with his winning records, playing with someone like Devontae Adams. Matt Stafford had Megatron nearly his entire career and could not replicate what they've done this year. So if Rogers was to be the baseline, I think he's probably above the baseline for what Hall of Fame is. Matt Stafford is below that based on what he had his entire time in Detroit. Does any of that make sense? Well, the fact that you're <laughs> unsure if Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer is fucking bonkers, Colin. Well, let, let me be clear. I'm I'm trying to be as hedging as that as I can because, yes, he's, you know, almost certainly by the criteria going to be there. My whole thing is I don't like talking about players who are currently active for being in the Hall of Fame unless they are Tom Brady-like. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is Tom Brady-like. He hasn't won seven Super Bowls. No, but he has like literally every individual accolade, just won two back-to-back yeah, MVPs, yeah. and is the second greatest quarterback ever to have graced this earth. Well, third. no, Matt... Yeah, third. We're not forgetting the Sheriff now, all right? Oh, no, I, no I'm taking Rodgers over Manning. 100%. Alright, fight me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's a handicap match, Tom, because arguably he doesn't even get, you know, arguably Rodgers is fourth because there's two Mannings in front of him. (laughs) Archie was not that good. Sit down, Brad. (laughs) No, I'm talking about the potential potential of what Cooper could have (laughs) done if it wasn't for the injury. Fun fact for you, Peyton Manning won as many playoff games against the 49ers as Aaron Rodgers has. I thought you said a fun fact. It is. (laughs) It's one of those things with Stafford to Hall of Fame. I love Stafford. I've made no bones about that. But he he is playing in the most Super Bowl, uh, the most QB friendly era of football ever. Those stats are just going up and up and up. So you know, he, there's going to be some form of weighting that needs to happen in terms of QB stats because you know the the numbers are just going to get insane. There are people closer to that that borderline entry that deserve more of a discussion like matt ryan matt ryan uh, and phil rivers are a much more interesting discussion of should they get in let me make what i think is the defining statement for this podcast on this argument if there was a mount rushmore of the hall of very good matt stafford would be on it no no <laughs> still <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, because again, Matt Ryan and Phil Rivers would be right there. But they'd be. We're talking about them as being borderline Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, but that's still. What does it mean if you're in the Hall of Fame? Is that you're in the Hall of? You know, if you're not in the Hall of Fame, your your next category down is the way you put you in the Hall of Very Good. So I think we're saying he, we're saying Matt Stafford is clearly in the Hall of Very Good. Like he's he's not borderline to us. Arguably, all... arguably Matt Stafford is borderline Hall of Very Good. Oh God. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I like Matt Stafford but even I realise his flaws and as we said this is the first time he's won anything and he has one pro we've entered like, a Bermuda triangle work. of halls of very whatever oh my god we're never going to get out he's just not he's not at that level but uh, what I will say he, you know, the comparison is people want to use it to Eli um, it's a good thing I've been busy with work and haven't been on the Twitter account because it just we would be going around commenting fight me on every single one of these things. Like Eli is a borderline player and he's won two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs. Like, and he's still gonna, you know, I still have to recognize that he's gonna be in that borderline discussion. Matt Stafford is so far from that. Like, 
just just jog on with that with that nonsense. It, it's needless when you've got someone like Von Miller and Aaron Donald, uh, especially Von Miller, who's a much more interesting you know, point of discussion uh, around going to the Hall of Fame. But I, but I digress. If we're going to call that, I was going to say, if we're going to call that there, uh, thank you very much for listening to And the Kick is Good uh, this week. You won't have heard the last two and a half minutes because Brad will have cut it because essentially all we did was talk about Matt Stafford and whether he should be in some sort of hall we've made up. Um, Please follow (laughs) us on Twitter uh, at The Kick is Up. Um, Join us next week when we'll start diving into the off-season and I'll tell you why paying running backs isn't that bad of an idea. Until then, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. We should call it the anti room of fame. Because <laughs> it's just off the Just say right? I love you and be done with it. <laughs> I love you. <laughs>